Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the September 11th, 2020 edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy you're here on this day, uh, Day of Remembrance, right? Yeah, a special day. 19 years ago today, the attacks on the mm-hmm. World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and and I think we all remember it as if it were just weeks or months ago or mm. a few years ago. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it's almost, it's like 19 years. It is hard to believe. But that's one of those days, I think, uh, outside of when John F. Kennedy got shot. Like, this was the next. Right. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, and people before Kennedy, there was, where were you when you found out about the attack on Pearl Harbor? Yeah, there's those significant days where that day just can replay in your head. But hopefully today... You know, painful for many, mm-hmm. very painful, but also can we put that positive twist? What good, you know, that many good things will also come out of the worst tragedies. And uh, you think of all those people that flocked to help, hundreds of thousands of volunteers that didn't know the families, that didn't know the people, but goodness comes mm-hmm. out as well. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we do have a, a lovely program lined up for you today. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Jim Wahlberg. And he has written a biography called The Big Hustle about his life uh, of uh, crime and addiction and his great conversion. And uh, he's going to share that story with us in just a little bit. Also, uh, Jim's here with the weather. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. And next hour, we have our gospel for this Sunday, and our friend Father Chris Rogers will give his reflection. Also, later on next hour, our good friend Deacon Anthony Seo from the Diocese of Camden with his senior spirituality segment. So lots to do, and of course talk and music and uh, some announcements now. The, the stuff uh, starting to pop up on the bulletin board. I know, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> so, Ooh, we're getting back to life. The church is starting to come back to life. I actually have a meeting next week, and you know, I'm not I'm not one for meetings. I I kind of don't don't really like meetings. I just want to get out there and do stuff. Mm. I, I don't like to sit around and talk about it. But right. I'm looking forward to the meeting because it's all about things. You know, getting back to our parish right. life mm-hmm. and. Uh, how we're going to do that safely, but we are going to do it. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. Right. So let's pray. And we are praying the prayer for our country. Uh, so we invite you, especially those of you that have requested it. We've sent out thousands, so we want to keep sending them out. If you haven't requested yours yet, we have more left. We want to get them out to you to pray this prayer on a special day, uh, in a special way today for mm-hmm. our country um, and all of your intentions. We'll also remember in our prayers... Um, our brother-in-law, Tom, who passed away this morning. That's exactly right. So up in Vermont. So uh, he lived a good life, a good long life, and uh, suffered from, I guess, dementia in his last uh, few years in Parkinson's. And uh, anyway, the Lord called him home today, this morning. So we pray for his soul. His birthday was going to be Sunday. I know. And that's your birthday. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but we shared that birthday. Yeah. And interestingly enough, again, in light of 9-11, he was a pilot for American Airlines, right? Uh, I think TWA. Oh, TWA mm-hmm. for years and years. Yeah, he flew a 747. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was also a Navy pilot, which mm-hmm. I think we have one of our selections today is the Navy is hymn. Is the Navy hymn, right. So right. anyway, let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother, 
In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, the sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to Our Lady. Uh, Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers, uh, especially pray these prayers for, uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've also added uh, the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael, Michael the Archangel, Archangel defend, defend us in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us, us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray, pray for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for, for us, us and Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So again, friends, we want to thank you for being here and joining us in just a few minutes. Jim Wahlberg, author of The Big Hustle, uh, a biography telling his story, on his story of redemption, really, from... Uh, life of crime and prison and addiction uh, to uh, a great practicing Catholic and how the Lord led him through those very, very dark times in his life. Um, also, uh, Jim Hoffman, our chief meteorologist, is here with the weather uh, coming up a little bit. Tell us about the weekend weather. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, and next hour uh, our gospel reflection is by our friend Father Chris Rogers, and Deacon Anthony Seal will stop by for his senior spirituality segment. So a lot going on, a lot of music we have for you, a lot of talk on this day uh, of remembrance, a uh, day that uh, every one of us uh, can remember. Now, you probably don't you don't, probably don't remember when Kennedy was shot. You were too young for that. Not really. Uh, more so, I remember people talking about it and all the, you know, you would see news and mm -hmm. documentaries. I remember that, but... Uh, I, I don't remember it being in school or finding out. Yeah, you were or, too young. It was 63. I, I can't remember that. I remember. Uh, I was in third grade, and I remember the principal uh, announcing that. So that's something that stays in our mind. But also, of course, on this day, 9-11, mm. remember that morning I was watching the news. I was I was getting dressed and getting ready for work, and then the flash came on. And, and initially they thought it was just a small plane that had flown into the, 
one of the buildings. Yeah, some freak accident. Mm-hmm. But then right. the second one, when obviously everybody said this is this is these are no accidents. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, very very, and you know you hear the stories about um, people who didn't make it to work that day. People who didn't their normal routine was somehow interrupted. Mm-hmm. Had it not been, they would have perished in the tragedy. Right. You know, they said those buildings combined on a daily basis had 50,000 people. Right. 25,000 per building. If it had happened just a few hours later, so many more thousands of people would have perished in that uh, uh, those uh, tragedies. And dozens of little stories where, well, I I took my break early and mm-hmm. I ran out for a coffee and a donut or what, you know. Right. <clears throat> things that are just no coincidences, you know, and why did God take those that he did? Uh, you know, we, we, we don't know that mm, answer. Mm-mm. But uh, for some, And I know, too, in our area, so many have been were affected because... Oh, sure. I think one of the pilots was from Yardley, right over here in, in exactly. Bucks County. Yeah, so um, Bucks County, Middletown, New Jersey, mm-hmm, Monmouth County, New mm-hmm. Jersey. Large, large numbers of, of course, you know, sent in New York. But And in fact, Father Jeff uh, Kegley, a St. Mary Mother of God Parish, is going to have a three-day retreat. Um, uh, kind of a parking lot uh, revival, he's calling it, starting tonight at 6.30. We'll talk more about that next hour when we uh, make some announcements. And Father uh, uh, John Butler also asked us to make an announcement about an event at his parish tomorrow. Okay, good. Um, so things are happening, and we will uh, let make you aware of them, let you know about them. Um, but over here in Bucks County, there's that. I've never been. You've been to the Oh, we have a 9-11 memorial because Mm -hmm. so many families were from Yardley. Very easy for them to commute into the city. And there was uh, the the group of the wives that um, saw to it that a a monument was erected. And it's beautiful now. It's this huge park where it originally started out as a fountain and then like a swirling um, stone not really a barricade, but just like a partition from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then all the names are engraved on there, and it's absolutely glorious. But now there's miles of trails, and there's a, a playground for children, and a lot of gardens of, they call it the Garden of Reflection. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, benches, park benches, where you can just sit and uh, you know have some still mm-hmm. quiet it's yeah, absolutely I did beautiful. Hear, mm-hmm. I did hear on the radio today, I was listening to one of the New York stations where the, the two uh, gentlemen talking were saying they wish they would now let this kind of wane a little bit, the remembrance. and the, I don't know why. I, I just kind of caught mid-conversation. Mm-hmm. They said they don't like thinking about it. They don't like seeing the images of it. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just To me, it's like, why not? I mean, how long did it take them to stop remembering Pearl Harbor? Yes. We're still talking about Pearl Harbor. Right. Know, that was but these big um, honorary, you know, you know, like memorial. Reading of the names and the, the bell ringing, you know. Yeah. I'm sure for some of them, the, those that uh, helped, you know, the, the first responders or the immediate family, mm. for them, they're probably suffering from post-traumatic syndrome. Yeah, still. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, how, do you, how do you heal? How do you get over it? But at some point, you do want to remember, though, that's the point of our history, to learn from it. And so stuff like this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really forget, but right. it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to be joined by Jim Wahlberg. Jim has written a book called The Big Hustle. Uh, it's his uh, story of addiction and redemption. So stay with us, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here. And uh, Jim Wahlberg is the fifth oldest of nine children. And like his siblings, he recovered from the tough upbringing in the streets of Dorchester, Massachusetts, to become a producer, writer, director of films, including The Circle of Addiction, What About the Kids, and The Lookalike. Jim is also the executive director of the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation, created to improve the quality of life for inner-city youth uh, through a working partnership with other youth organizations. And he's written a brand-new book called The Big Hustle, his story of addiction and redemption. Jim Wahlberg, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, and I know listeners have been looking forward to hearing about your story because a lot of people need this positive inspiration and hope we get down in the dark hole of addiction and uh, a life of crime and not a, not everybody can climb their way out yeah i think most people uh actually don't find a way out unless they uh turn to the lord i think yeah well let's talk about this jim because you have such a, a an interesting journey and the lord uh, uh led you obviously back into the light but you were in the darkness from the earliest of ages tell us a little about this you, you describe a, a dysfunctional family um life that was maybe the impetus behind it all but maybe tell us a little bit about your your, your younger days and how this all began to happen in your life okay. Can I do a real well, quick question? I'm sorry, Mr. Sure. Wahlberg. Just if we could back up even a little tiny bit. Now, you had such a big family. Were you born Catholic? Was it a Catholic family? Yeah. So, I mean, we were as Catholic as the neighbors expected us to be is basically the way I like to put it. I mean, okay. we it was more out of tradition than it was out of uh, having a relationship with a loving God. It wasn't. It was, you know, keeping up with the neighbors. So mm -hmm. you made your first Holy Communion. You made your confirmation. You did what you were supposed to do when you were supposed to do it. But I don't ever remember, you know, hearing about a loving God. I only remember hearing that this is what we do. Yes. Mm. And so what what made your family somewhat dysfunctional? Well, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not... I think when you, well, first of all, when you have nine kids um, and you are working multiple jobs and multiple hours just to keep food on the table, um, when kids are sort of left to fend for themselves in a tough neighborhood, it's not always going to work out the best that mm -hmm. it can work out, I think. And so for me, you know, I was the middle middle of nine children and I was kind of lost in the shuffle and I was looking for attention. I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for, for really for love in all the wrong places mm -hmm. and from all the wrong people. At a very also, young age, at a very young age. At a, though. At a very, very young age. Mm. The first time I was always, you know, it's funny. My mother tells a story of when we, when I was a baby in diapers, we lived in a, uh, we lived in an apartment on the corner of a main street above a bar. And at that point, there would have been, there would have been uh, just five of us. And uh, one day I was missing. And my mother was frantic looking for me. And she looked out the window and I was across the street in my diaper talking to some older kids using some pretty foul language, right? Mm. Just it, it instantly, I mean, I was drawn to their approval. I was drawn to making them laugh and, and being accepted by them. 
the first time I had a drink, it was a similar type of situation. I was probably about eight, eight years old. And, uh, you know, the older kids were, were drinking. And, uh, and I was looking for them to, to think I was cool, too. Right. You know, I wanted to be a part of whatever it was that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I had my first drink, and nothing really happened in terms of I didn't get in trouble, I didn't get sick, I didn't get drunk. But I did find what I was looking for, which was their acceptance and their approval. Mm-hmm. Um, the next time I had a drink was just probably two years later. It was a similar type of situation, older kids in the neighborhood, except this time I had stolen somebody's wallet from their locker at the YMCA that I hung out at, a place that I loved, a place that nurtured me and, 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 and helped me and fed me and, you know, um, but I, I took somebody's wallet out of their locker and I brought it up to those those older kids that lived up the street from me. And those 50 bucks in that wallet, it was probably 1975. Mm-hmm. For 50 bucks, I got a quarter Budweiser and a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I thought I made a good deal. Mm-hmm. And I drank that quarter Budweiser and something did happen to me. I just couldn't seem to get enough. And so everybody was hanging out on the side of this school that was literally... 300 yards from my house. And I started grabbing their bears and drinking them. And then I went home and uh, we had like uh, a space in the basement of our house that would have had like an old TV and an old couch. And that was like our little TV area for the kids. And uh, I was watching Creature Double Feature (laughs) and the room started to spin. And I knew I needed to get out of the house. So I came up the stairs, and as I crossed over the threshold into the kitchen, heading for the back door, I fell, mm. and I threw up all over the kitchen floor. Mm. And my mom could smell the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so she brought it right to my attention, and I just pointed to up the street where to the school. And I, and I told her the main, the main kid, his name. And my mom went up the street, and she beat the head, the head hippie over the head with her shoe. Wow. And I remember getting put on punishment, and I remember uh, there being sort of a sense of, I don't know, if you, I'm sure you remember, and it's 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 story that's told and been in films and et cetera, but, you know, they catch a kid smoking, they make him smoke a pack of cigarettes, he right, gets sick. Right. He, doesn't, right. he doesn't smoke anymore. Exactly. Well, I got so violently ill from the alcohol that I think, my parents, particularly my dad, thought that'll be the lesson. He'll learn his lesson. And so a few days later, they let me back out of the house. And I was out of my house maybe five minutes, and I was right back up at that hippie's house, ready to pay the price for telling on him as long as I could have some more. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I would spend the next several years chasing that. Yeah. You know, and uh, right away I started, you know, I started getting, uh, I got arrested. I think maybe probably that next year was the first time I had a run in with the police. I was probably 11. Um, And, you know, I, I started to get in a lot of trouble. And during this time, it was the forced integration of the public school system in Massachusetts in Boston in particular. And so from grade one to grade seven, I went to seven different schools Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that helped very much right. exactly. in terms of me finding acceptance and finding love. I had to be more outrageous each time to get more attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
by the time I finished the seventh grade, I had already been arrested a bunch of times. I had already had interactions with the court system and with the juvenile detention system. And uh, when I finished the seventh grade, that that last Friday of school, so it was the beginning of summer, as I was going out at probably five o'clock in the afternoon to go hang out with my buddies, my dad reminded me, don't forget, when the streetlights come on, you better be in this house mm-hmm. or there's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. And I remember the streetlights coming on and I was hanging on the corner. I was 12 years old. I was hanging on the corner with my friends and we were drinking beers. And, um, and I looked at that streetlight, it came on and I looked at the fun they were having and I said, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And I didn't go home. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't go home till like August. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I was never more than, you know, a mile away from my home. So now at this point, I had run away before. I had really already sort of had a pattern of behavior that by the time I got to this point, um, they weren't they weren't coming to look for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I was already so much trouble. And they came from a generation. My dad had a job when he was 12 years old. He mm-hmm. was helping to help to put food on the table for his family, his mm-hmm. siblings and his and his mom. So, um, you know, I look at a 12 year old kid now mm-hmm. and I'm like, how how did I survive this? Right. How exactly. did I? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just. It, it's it was a, it was it was a very difficult time, of course, in my life. And so, at that time, I got ended up getting committed to the Department of Youth Services, which basically means the state is now calling the shots yes. on my life, where I'll live, where I'll go to school, if I'm going to be locked up, if you know, mm-hmm. all of these things. And so, um, you know, from really from 12 until 17 was really, really difficult. It was a series of, you know, running away, maybe getting arrested, getting locked up, get put in a group home or a foster home or whatever, and running away from there and just constant cycle of about five years of being homeless and being under the influence of what whatever I could get my hands on. Oh, and so and then when I was 17, yeah, when I was 17, I got arrested for crimes that you know, qualified me to go to adult prison. You know, you're in, in Massachusetts at 17, you're considered an adult. Um, And so, and that's exactly what happened to me. They gave me just enough rope to hang myself. I got arrested a few times during the early part of being 17. And then finally I got arrested for a serious crime. And they were talking about just that. They were talking about sending me to state prison and, that's what I ended up in maximum security state prison at 17 years old. My goodness. We're talking with Jim Wahlberg, and his book is called The Big Hustle, published by our Sunday visitor. That's osv.com is their website. Uh, the Big Hustle uh, title, Jim. Now, when you were in state prison, uh, someone had an influence on you, and you thought you were going to hustle him, but really he hustled you. Tell right. us real quick about that uh, situation. Well, I mean, that was actually after doing five years and getting out and getting resentenced for new crimes and coming back. I was doing six to nine years, and I only knew, I just knew I didn't want to do nine years. So I was looking for ways to create an illusion that I was trying to rehabilitate myself. Mm-hmm. And I was approached by uh, by a great man, Father Jim Freitas, and he said to me, "Hey, I'm looking for a custodian in the chapel. Are you interested in the job?" And instantly, I'm thinking. 
I'm going to get over on this guy. You know, he's, he's a priest. He's not that, he's not that smart. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get, he, I'm going to get, he smoked cigarettes, mm-hmm. old school priest. I don't think you can find a priest that smokes anymore. <laughs> Probably <But> not. <laughs> he smoked cigarettes, which was already a bonus for me because I was going to get cigarettes. Oh. I was going to get access to a phone. I was going to get access to quiet space. Right. At that time, um, my younger brother, Donnie and his singing group had their first cassette tape out. And the, and Father Jim Freitas actually brought the cassette tape into me so that I could hear my, my brother's music. Oh. And um, so not long after I started working for him, he said to me, hey, you know, um, I need you to clean up after Mass on Saturday evening. So why don't you just come to Mass and then clean up afterwards? Mm-hmm. And I... I didn't realize what he was doing, right? right? Mm. I was still thinking about how I was going to get over on him and get away with things with him. And but how good. He, yeah, this was going to make you look so good. Wow, wow what exactly. a nice little altar boy right. we so, have here. <laughs> right, exactly. So I start going to Mass on Saturdays. And I was going to Mass. I would sit next to a friend of mine who was from a long line of uh, bank robbers. His family, they were from Charlestown, Massachusetts, which is – one square mile, but there's more bank robbers from that one square mile than anywhere in the country. Oh my. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I would go to Mass with him, and, and he knew the Mass. He knew the prayers. He knew the responses. He, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. right? And so I would just kind of watch him and follow along. And and um, and then not long after I was started going to Mass again, um Father Freitas came back to me and said, hey, we have a very special visitor coming in two weeks. And I said, oh, that's great. Who's coming? And he says, Mother Teresa is coming <laughs> to this prison. Wow. And I said, that's amazing. Who's Mother Teresa? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did you know who she was? <laughs> I had no idea because, you know, I lived my life. Yeah. If my life consisted of my next drink, yeah. my next drug, and my you know, I, I worried about that more than I worried about food or where I was going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so um, the day came when she came walking into this prison, 40-foot walls with razor wire on top of them. And here comes this group of people walking through the quad, and many of them had suits on and were clearly looked very important. And in the middle of them all was this little five-foot-tall woman. Right. And as they got closer to me, I, I noticed things about her. I noticed that her sandals looked like they were 100 years old. They were just worn down. And then she had a sweater on, and the sweater looked like it was two year, 200 years old, had little moth holes and everything else. And then I looked closer, and her pockets were filled with money, mm-hmm. cash, cash dollars, mm-hmm. which I'm in prison. You don't see money in prison. Right. It doesn't okay. exist. And And – but so I started to see what was going on. I started to see that they were all hanging on her every word. And um, the time came for the for the mass, and I was uh, I was blessed to be part of the procession, and we processed in, and the cardinal was beckoning her to come up onto the stage or the altar, if you will, in the gymnasium at MCI Concord, and she refused. And she she kind of just, you know, bowed her head and waved her hands a little bit and ended up staying there on the floor with the inmates, her and the and the sisters from her order. They stayed on the on their knees with these very dangerous criminals all around. them. And then when the time came for her to 
to go up and say a few words, her words impacted me greatly. You know, it was the first time anyone ever said, hey, you're more than the crimes that you've committed. You're more than your prison number. You're more than, you know, an inmate. You're a child of God. Mm. You know, and and I'll be honest with you, looking back on that day, looking back, I, I, it's the most defining moment in my life, in my journey, for sure, particularly with my faith. But I felt at that time like I was seeing the face of God, mm-hmm. you know. And then I, and then you know, I, I, I think I always sort of felt like I was being pulled in a direction towards the Lord, but I, I rejected it because I always felt like, and the message I always got was God's going to get you. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you for those for that thing that whatever you did, he knows everything, and if he knows everything, then I'm in a lot of trouble yeah. and so um but I feel like God was showing off mm-hmm. like he he sent his number one assistant specifically for me, yeah. you know because I don't know anybody else that had any kind of really profound experience as it relates to this event, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't heard anything from anybody about it. I don't know. I just know that it changed my life. So that changed, that was it changed, changed my life. The next day I went back to Father Fraser and said, I want to know more about God. I want to know more about my faith. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was the turning and point. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started the process to prepare to make my confirmation. Wow. And it was a process that lasted about a year. And so I started with Father Jim Freitas, and then I got transferred. He passed me off to another priest. Mm-hmm. Then I got transferred again, oh. and he passed me off to another priest. And each time I got transferred was to a lower security level, mm-hmm. right? Which to me was evidence that this this thing, this God thing was working, Yeah. right? I Because I never, the first time I went to prison, I did five years on a sentence that I was only supposed to do two years on. Mm-hmm. And I did all of it in maximum security. Mm-hmm. And and I did a, actually a good fair piece of it in the whole in maximum security, wow. which is, you know, prison within prison, right. ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I uh, it came, the day came when it was time for me to make my confirmation. And I was in a minimum security prison in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And um, my mom, uh, many, many times, will will mention this day and my mom has my mom has a little bit of dementia now and she doesn't remember uh, everything and she's you know she's definitely not as sharp as she she once was but if we sit down and talk it will only take about five minutes before she goes back to that day mm-hmm. i remember that day i remember that, that day, day because i knew you were different that oh. day i knew you were different and ultimately about, about six months later she wrote a letter to the parole board and she said those words to them. Yeah. She she made it clear to them. She said, I'm not the mom that lies for their children to get them out of trouble. Yes. I'm the mom that believes they need to pay the price yeah. if they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And my mother has gone to court many times and told the judge, lock them up. Yeah. And not just for me, not just for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have eight brothers and sisters. Right. We, we A lot of them got in trouble too. Mm. But she wrote in her letter to the parole board that before them stood a man of God. Mm. Oh. And that I was different and that they would not see me again mm-hmm. if they let me go. And, I, and um, 
And they did. And, and, and you know, and it's funny because the letter had um, at least my sense was it had very little effect on them, right? Mm-hmm. Because what they did was they had my big giant folder from two sentences, right? An mm-hmm. accumulation of over eight years in state prison in Massachusetts. And they said, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We know who you are. You haven't gotten any trouble since you've been here this time. We're going to let you go, and we'll see you when you get back. And it sounds like a horrible thing to say to somebody, but, I mean, right. you know, I, I wasn't – I didn't think I was going to not come back. Right. You know, I, I really – I mean, my life was – my life was always in turmoil, so I assumed that I would probably go back to turmoil. Yeah. But ultimately, um, you know, I, I mean, I didn't – it didn't get – super easy i but i did i did stay away from drugs and alcohol well that's big jim i did beautiful i drifted away from i drifted away from the lord at a certain point Mm -hmm. i got out of prison we were you know we were living through um a horrible time in the church in boston Mm -hmm. and it was easy for me to kind of just walk away from that and think i'm gonna be okay yeah and so from the outside it kind of looked like I was okay, right? I I wasn't I wasn't going back to jail. I had eventually bought a home, got married, had children. Like my life was very different as a result of not using alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't happy, right? Because I walked away from the Lord, mm-hmm. and until I got beaten into a state of reasonableness, mm-hmm. where I knew that that was my solution and I needed to I needed to turn to Him. Um, when I did that, it was, it was, that was, I don't know, 12 years ago mm-hmm. that I, I, I went on a retreat. My, my little daughter sort of begged me to go. And she said, I want you to be happy Dad. I want you to know Jesus. Oh. She said those words to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went just to sort of make her happy and ultimately, um, had a, uh, uh, a reversion, if you will, right. of pretty epic proportions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a beautiful story, Jim. And, and again, listeners, we've been talking with Jim Wahlberg, and the book is called The Big Hustle. All of this contained in the book, a wonderful story of a, of redemption. And you hear just a little bit of it, but Jim goes into great detail in the book. Again, it's called The Big Hustle. It's published by our Sunday visitor, osv.com, The Big Hustle. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, it's such a beautiful story, and, and thanks for sharing that, especially in the book. Oh, God bless you, Thank Jim. you so much. Oh, God thank you. God bless you both as well. Thank right. you. Have a beautiful, thank, thank beautiful day. God bless you. Thank you. And friends, uh, you stay where you are. I'll be right back with more. Don't go away.
Hey, Jim, it's Jim. I'm sorry, we're running a little late with our interview. You still okay with the weather? Oh, this isn't yourself? Oh, okay, sorry, 908, right? Okay, thanks. Thanks, Jim. Sorry about that. Hang on. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jimbo, how are you? Hey, hey, how you doing? We're doing okay. Hi, Jim, how are you? Very good. Okay. How was your week? Good. Very good. We had a nice, had a nice, uh, nice uh, short week though, because it was. I holiday. think that's right with the holiday. But we did take a little respite and just made sure that the ocean was still turned on and the waves were coming in and going out. All is well. Very good. Yeah, actually, last weekend was beautiful as advertised. Right. Yes. Thank a wonderful you. Wonderful weekend. Thank you. That's right. That's right. It went, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. It was a beautiful weekend. <laughs> thank you. Jeff. I do take I do take all credit for that, by the way. And uh, you can. Yeah, make your checks out to James Hoffman at uh-huh. one two There you go. All right. And, and we'll have to double that amount because I think we're looking ahead to even some more glorious days. You're doing great work, Jim. Yeah, you're on a winning well, streak here. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get have a chance to get in your pool for the Labor Day holiday? Oh yes. Actually Monday I uh I floated for a while. Did you float? It was very nice. <laughs> Good for very you. Very nice. Good for you. I think that's popular these days. Are you hearing about that? These places, a float spa? Have you heard of them? Float spa? Well, I've got one right in my backyard. That's you all go. you need, right? Why pay these high prices? Yeah, now, are, yeah. are your children actually going back to school or virtual learning? Or is it a mixture? So I, have a, I have a daughter, Margaret. She goes to Villa Victoria in Ewing. Yes. And they are uh, in classroom four days a week. They're remote one day a week. Okay. And my son goes to public school in Hamilton, and they are remote until October 12th, I believe, is the first day they go back. And, and it's hybrid. So they're on, they're, it's a hybrid remote in-class in mm-hmm. uh, learning. Yeah, a lot of creative things out there. Let me ask you this for Villa Victoria. Are they requiring the girls to wear the masks in school? 
Yeah, so the, the first two days, my I sent my daughter with the, you know, the blue masks, the ones that you can buy in bulk, like mm-hmm. from Amazon. Right. <laughs> or the dollar uh, store. The cheap yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I sent her to school with Thursday. She came back today with a beautiful Villa Victoria mask. It's, it's The color is the um, maroon color of their uniforms. and has color. Villa Victoria on it. So it's really nice. <laughs> Gorgeous. Well, good marketing. I'm, I'm, sure I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll get the bill for that, too. Yeah, That's you right. probably will. That's right. You see the extra on the tuition bill, you know what it's for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, are, are they, are they, how are they dealing with it? Are the kids, I mean, is it just kind of, I mean, children adapt very easily, but are they, do they find it easy, uh, more difficult to do it this way, or is it, have they, or does it make no difference? Um, really haven't heard much from my daughter about, you know, the, what they have in place at school. I know they have to wear their masks throughout the day. And she said, except when we're eating or drinking. Said, yeah, that oh, makes a lot of sense. Right. That's good. That's right. That's good. There's good thinking. Yeah, right. Or, or you cut a hole in the mask, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Um, but I'm sure they've um, they actually sent out a letter to parents, and they've got good protocols in place to make mm. sure all the kids are safe. So. Yeah. It's very strange because we were down the shore over the weekend, and, and we, we, we could dine in now in Jersey. And we went uh-huh. to, you know, went, to, went for breakfast. You, right. you wear your mask walking in, but then you sit down and take it off. Yes. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, it just doesn't, it's like, why? But the comical thing was, if I could just real quickly say, so we went inside to have our breakfast because it was like, oh, you can eat inside now. Um, but it was such a beautiful day. Everybody wanted to sit outside. And the waitress was like, I can't keep up with this inside, outside day. Up and want down the to, stairs. Yeah, she had to go. The poor thing. She goes, just sit inside. Uh, uh, but, one day we'll look back at all this and say, ha, 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 I hope so. I yeah. Hope so, yeah. Right? I, I can't wait till that day. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, too, right? me too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. So what do we have? Uh, what, I, you know, I, I cut the lawn here at the radio station this morning. I took advantage of cloudy weather and uh, not, sun, no, not much sunshine, not much heat. So I got that work done. But what do we have in store for the rest of the weekend to enjoy? It uh, <laughs> doesn't look too bad. Um, yeah, not, definitely not as good as last week. But before we get into the weekend forecast, uh, current conditions, Ewing, where you're sitting, is 74 degrees, Freehold 73, Hamilton 76, Hamilton 74, Cape May 78, Beach Haven 76, Seaside Heights 72 degrees. So we're all in the low to mid 70s, we're actually upper 70s in some places right now. So Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 58. That's going to feel nice. Mm. Um, there's going to be a little less humidity in the air as well. Um, just the last two days were just oppressive. Had to turn the air conditioning on again, Jim, but I know you keep yours on until November. <laughs> it does, so. yeah, it does. <laughs> just, around thanks, just around Thanksgiving, I think yeah. I, I finally yeah. turned it off. Uh, Saturday, mostly sunny, high 73. Now, Saturday, tomorrow is a very important day. Uh, it's my birthday. So oh, wish me happy that's birthday. right. Happy birthday to Jim. Very <laughs> oh, good. Oh, well, all the Thanks best people much. are born I, in September. I did remember that because Cheryl's is Sunday, the 13th. That's right. All right. Oh, happy birthday, Cheryl. Wow. And same to you. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, Saturday night, uh, partly cloudy, low around 60. Sunday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly in the afternoon, partly sunny with a high around 80 degrees. Sunday night. We continue with a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, low 65. And then first day of the work week, Monday, mostly sunny, high near 80, and taking a sneak peek in the next week. It's going to be cool the first part of the week. We're going to have highs, looks like in the low to mid-70s, with lows in the 50s. 
And then as we get into Thursday, we're going to be pushing 80 and maybe into the low 80s Thursday and Friday next week. That's okay. uh, so that's it. Not looking too bad this weekend. Sunday, eh, a little iffy, but um, overall, it looks like a better day on my birthday than yours. <laughs> yeah, I know. I so. know. Well. No, no, no uh, tropical storms or hurricanes, though. No. Uh-huh. No, I think there was one way off the coast, um, you know, moving out that affected maybe stirred up the surf a little bit, but no, nothing, nothing Almost. of yeah. note at this point. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. All right. Well, listen, but you. The- you the, and, the season does go until November. That's so, true. That is true. I, and I think Sandy was like around Halloween, right? That's right. So that was, yep. Yeah. So yep. we're not out of the woods yet, as they say. Well, have a happy birthday. Yeah, have a happy birthday. Have any you plans? Too. Have any plans? You, uh, the family? I'm going to my favorite restaurant uh, Saturday in, uh, uh, you know, um, Leonardo's. Oh, sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, our good friend Bob. From there, remember we did the live. That's uh, right, we did a live Friday, remote from yep. there. Yep, and yes. our good yep. friend Bob, uh, the proprietor. They're very good, good to man. us. Absolutely, mm-hmm. very good to yes. us. Yeah, yep. good. Well, enjoy it and uh, tell them hello from the radio station. Yeah, and have a happy day, Absolutely. Jim. Absolutely, okay. We will. All right, Great. we'll talk Thanks. to you next week. God bless you. God bless. Thanks. Bye bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Well, uh, we're running a little late, so we won't be able to get uh, name that Catholic tune in today. Well, that's okay. Save it for next week. I know you had one picked out. I will save it, so I will be prepared. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, a little bit earlier, we heard um, the Navy hymn. Eternal Father, strong to save. I was thinking of Jim Wahlberg, really, you know, that if if you need to climb out of the darkest, darkest places, you can only do it with the Lord. So uh, he's mm-hmm. our Father in heaven, mm-hmm. and he is strong, and he will save. But also, in light of today, 9-11, um, I, I don't know if you realize it, it came across, you know, there's so many things on, uh, on the feed, on the news, on the Facebook and all that, mm-hmm. that it was the largest rescue by boat in the history of time. Yes, I know that. Maritime rescue. Because a lot of the boaters, civilian boaters, were coming over across the river from New Jersey and other marinas and even the ones in Brooklyn and and they were taking people off Manhattan Island and taking them to Jersey. They were stranded, right? right. Because the bridges were all shut down, the tunnels were shut down. Subways, all that. So So all the private boat owners, all Mm -hmm. all the the captains. It's not really that it was Navy troops, it was just private private boat Boaters yeah. who call themselves captains. Yeah, who now are having these massive Trump parades. In the <laughs> I know, water. I know. But it was over 500,000 people right. rescued by boat. Yep, yep, I know, I know. Yeah. Interesting. Boaters are good people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, know, it's a Navy hymn, so of course. In fact, I, I, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned Ken, uh, John Kennedy, uh, President Kennedy. Uh, I remember when he was shot uh, in November of 63. Um, and I was playing, it was, he was shot on a Friday. I think he was buried on a Monday, that Monday. And I was outside playing. My mother called me in and made me watch the funeral on television. Really? She said, this is history. You have to watch this. And she oh. made me. But then at the funeral, because he was Catholic and he was in the Navy, at the Mass, they played that hymn and sang that hymn. And I remember my mother wiping away tears. My oh, dad was in the Navy. Right. That, that was all their generation. But they were, they were yes. peers, you know. Yeah. 
and it was like he was the youngest president, and and he was part of their generation, and and you know they showed Jackie and the kids, and and she was oh, the wiping oh, the tears away, a, watching the funeral. That's a picture I can't get out of my mind. But she made me come in and watch it. She's new, and we remember we went at nine eleven, uh, on the twelfth, which is tomorrow is the anniversary. My aunt, Aunt Bernice, died. Right. The day after. And she was at a hospital in North Jersey on the river, mm-hmm. on the Jersey side. And then we went to her wake, and we brought our kids. And they were, you know, Joseph, I guess, was, was uh, what, 11? They were right. 11, 11 9, and 7 or something. Yeah. And I remember we went on the Jersey side, and, and the, the tr- tower, was the rubble was still smoldering. Oh, sure. And smoke was still rising in the air. We oh, yeah. made them... Look at it. We made them go on the Jersey side and said, we want you to see, because they watched on TV, and this, right. isn't, this isn't pretend. This really happened. Yes. And we, we had them watching it. Made a big impact. Yeah. yeah. And I remember on the way up to the wake, remember we stopped for dinner or something, and then it was 7 o'clock, and the president had called for a national uh, hour of prayer or something. We were coming out of the restaurant, and these two um, um, African-American women were coming out as well. They said, oh, it's 7 o'clock. Let's pray. Remember we all stood around in a circle and prayed? That's right. That we all held hands and didn't even know who they were. But Do you we all... see how it brought people together, though? Right. And that's what, you know, every culture, every color skin, every race, every religion, we were all just united in prayer, right. running to whatever church. Right. And um, sadly, you know, all, all that kind of dissipates. And now yeah. the, the division that's out there, we need right. the unity that we had after that. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or our homepage, we're going to go off uh, that platform for a few minutes, come back on at 5 o'clock. We're staying here on the radio, so stay with us, friends. There's another big hour, and next hour, Father Chris Rogers with his reflection on Sunday's Gospel, and also our friend Deacon Anthony Seo will join us for his senior spirituality segment. So don't go away, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. 
I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish, and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Now when you've got Jesus in your heart, then and then only can you see and find your real self. You know why? Because you're not afraid to look at yourself. You're not going around pretending you're something you're not. If you're an angry person, you got the guts to say, I am an angry person. But with the grace of God and the power of His Spirit, the power of Spirit. I can become like who? Like Jesus. Not like me. Not like the best in me, but like Jesus in me. You see, it's very, very important that when you go around looking for yourself, that you try to find out who you are, that you have Jesus in your heart. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in His Church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio.
Well, welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this September 11th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here with you. And coming up this hour, we have our gospel reading for this Sunday. And our reflection today is by Father Chris Rogers. And then a little later on this hour, uh, Deacon Anthony Seo will join us uh, with his senior spirituality segment. Between those two, uh, we have announcements even to, plan to share I with know, you. Isn't some that things, exciting? Things happening. So uh, start filling in my calendar. You know, I, I make this large calendar that I kind of with uh, paper and marker. You know, real old fashioned. But I know everybody uses their appliance or phone or whatever you have, but I still make a good old paper calendar. I can see, and I made one all summer, but and it was blank. And I thought, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, let's go to our beautiful gospel all about mercy and forgiveness. How, how wonderful is that? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back, but he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant? as I had pity on you. Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. Of all the various chapters found in the four Gospels, Matthew 18 is one of the most practical of all the Gospels. It deals with church order. It deals with human relationships, with kingdom living. And it does not hide the difficulty of that task. Last week, we were in Matthew 18, and this week, that chapter continues. Last week we heard the fraternal correction that is needed and required in kingdom living. And this week's gospel presents us with the parable that involves forgiveness. It proves that in our life of kingdom living, we need to be instruments 
of forgiving to others. What's important to note is that this chapter 18 begins with two beautiful images. Jesus declaring that the children inherit the kingdom of God. Unless you become like a child, you will have no part in kingdom living. What's more, he then tells the parable of the lost sheep. We hear of the generosity, the tenderness, the courage of Almighty God and his bravery to leave the 99 and to find the one. My friends, if we are going to be living in love, if we're going to be living in his kingdom, recipients of his goodness, we need to be aware of how to forgive. This week's parable is about that awareness and we see what the unawareness of forgiveness produces. We're told the parable of a man who has been forgiven much. In fact, it's a huge amount. And then, in turn, he fails to forgive someone else who owes him a much smaller amount. We see that upon seeing this, the servants of this man are very much disturbed. How could he do this? He himself is so blind. He's so aloof. He has just been forgiven, and here he is failing to forgive. While the gospel does not answer why this guy is so aloof, it does show us that our unforgiveness is a problem and it will prevent us from entering the kingdom. A couple points for us. Forgiveness is more than a choice. It's more than a declaration spoken of us. It's more than something we receive in the sacrament. Forgiveness is a way of life. It must be preceded by repentance and faith, a real sorrow for sin. And it must be followed with a renouncing and a claiming and a walking in that forgiveness. Forgiveness involves a change of life, a change of heart. As St. Paul speaks in the second reading this weekend, living in, with, and for the Lord, always aware of him. And the reality of it is, my friends, is that so often we fail to live in that awareness of all that we have received from God, of all the forgiveness that he has bestowed. And it's a failure to appreciate that forgiveness which makes us so unforgiving. The first reading this weekend is from the wisdom literature. It's from the book of Sirach, Sirach 27. And they are some images that we could think of and could be left with for this reflection. Sirach speaks of hugging anger and hate. 
Do we do that? And if so, let us be unhooked. Let us be willing to be left with empty arms. Quit hugging anger and hate, resentment. And let us allow ourselves to be freed for the Lord, like children, with arms wide open. Not only being held by him, but holding Jesus close to us. Living with a grateful heart, a pure heart, and a heart that is available. A heart that allows itself to be hugged by the Lord. My friends, may the freedom of this gospel, the call to forgiveness, and the call to be one with God prevail in us this week. Maybe we, may we be willing to forgive, knowing deeply how much we ourselves have been forgiven. God be with you.
Oh, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Are you awake? I was. I was caught off guard by the by the uh, outro there. I wasn't sure they were <laughs> the abrupt ending. You know, well, it kind of faded. I was waiting for something else. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Ever, nothing. Nothing else happened. <laughs> So anyway, that was it. That's all we are to. back, and uh, we have announcements. Yeah, I'm, you go say? To our, I'm going to our bulletin board. I haven't been there in a while, so I'll go wow. right to our domestic okay. social media bulletin board. <clears throat> so while you're finding that, and we need to tell people that now, as the parishes are perhaps coming back to some form of life, and maybe events are taking place, or uh, meetings are happening, or different things are looking for people to attend a Bible study, whatever it might be. Go to our bulletin board and put it on there because people can click on different dates and see what's happening around the neighborhood. Well, uh, over in our 89.3 FM listing area in Middletown, tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday night at St. Mary, Mother of God Church, uh, Father Jeff Kegley and the wonderful people there are having a three-day parking lot revival, God, Country, Family. It'll be held at uh, St. Mary, Mother of God Church parking lot, and they have a big campus there and a big parking lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, From 6.30 to 8.30 each of these nights, the opening night tonight, 6.30, ever begins with Holy Mass, celebrated by Bishop O'Connell. And uh, the speakers will be uh, at the revival, Father Jeff. uh, It's also going to feature Eucharistic adoration, uh, testimonies, and a calling down of the Holy Spirit to renew our church country and family everybody is invited to attend it all starts tonight at 6 30 with the holy sacrifice of the mass by bishop o'connell beautiful and uh tomorrow night 6 30 and sunday night 6 30 so friends you're all in the tonight and tomorrow is supposed to be beautiful uh, yeah yeah and it's a, a parking lot uh three-day parking lot revival so thanks to father jeff who always seems to be doing great things over there at saint mary's uh and offering many opportunities. So this is a very important uh, time to come together as a family to pray. Um, Now, tomorrow, our friend, uh, Father John Butler, who is the pastor of St. Michael Church in Long Branch, that's 800 Ocean Avenue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tomorrow, they're going to have a National Day Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Um, Saturday to September 12th at St. Michael's. We'll join, I guess it is a national day tomorrow, National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children, calling on Catholics and pro-life Americans to honor uh, the grave sites of our aborted brothers and sisters. Solemn prayer vigils are being conducted at grave sites across the U.S. in memory of aborted children, and we're encouraged to carry on the spiritual mission of this day of remembrance throughout the year by visiting grave sites of aborted children, by offering prayers of mourning, prayers for healing and reconciliation, uh, prayers for an end to abortion. Prayers for these intentions will be prayed at a Mass that will be celebrated at St. Michael's tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. And again, St. Michael's is at, at 800 Ocean Avenue in Long Branch. So that's tomorrow morning, 9.30, at St. Michael's Parish. Uh, Monsignor Sean Flynn, who's the pastor of St. Mark's Church in Seagirt, will be the principal celebrant and homeless at the Mass. Monsignor Flynn was the uh, 2019 recipient of the Champion for Life Award from Mary's Child Pro-Life Ministry. Mm-hmm. Everybody is invited and welcome to attend the Mass of Remembrance. That's tomorrow at uh, 9, what did I say, 9.30? Mm-hmm. 9.30 at St. Michael's, 800 Ocean Avenue. Beautiful. So two events there that are happening, and uh, 
If you have an event, friends, you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the bulletin board link and submit your um, your event, and we're happy to post it here. And so I'm, with all these uh, memorial events, of course, today we, we remember, and many of the townships were having different special votive masses mm-hmm. or um, reading of names. I know in Middletown there was something earlier, and... Tonight, of course, we'll see the lights over New York City if you're up in that North Jersey area. But um, we also remember that we didn't really get to celebrate a big holy weekend in Easter. So um, in honor of Easter and so long ago and the pandemic. Which was Easter was what, the first week in April? Yes. uh, Tonight in Bucks County, they're going to have an egg hunt. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. So I'm, I don't want to say the exact town because, you know, we, we might chuckle over this a little bit, and I'm sure they mean well, but it is 9-11. It mm-hmm. is 9-11, mm-hmm. but tonight they are having, uh, since we kind of missed, and it was canceled in the spring because mm-hmm. of COVID, they're going to have their annual egg hunt. and there's Those eggs would have been hatched by now, wouldn't oh, they? Oh, this is an egg hunt liquidation. I can't believe. They said... Um, that the eggs had been filled way back then, like you said, before April. It was every Easter. first week in April. I think right. it was the uh, second week in April. Yeah. And uh, they're still filled, and they want to get rid of this candy. It's going to be tasty. And they say um, some of the eggs are defective because, you know, they had people, in addition to the Easter Bunny, some volunteers helped fill them, and maybe the... Um, Lollipop sticks got broken to make them fit in the egg. So if you get uh, an egg with yucky candy or a broken stick, mm. there's a place where you can bring it and get a better egg with a, a stick that's not broken. Wow. It just goes on and on. Of course, it'll be, you know, with the whatever guidelines, the masks or the Well, that's going to be the tough part. Yes. You know, you send kids out into a field to find eggs. They're going to be bumping into mm, each other. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the world has gone mad. Anyway, we're not going to the egg hunt tonight, but what other events perhaps could Those be? are the two. Those are the two. I can give you one. Yeah, okay. And it's still a couple weeks away, uh-huh. but on October 1st, mm-hmm. which is a Thursday, um, another patriotic holy hour as we're preparing for the uh, election in November. Mm-hmm. So Thursday night, October 1st at 7 p.m. at St. Magdalene's on Mine Street in Flemington. Mm-hmm. Exposition, benediction, the rosary, um, prayers to the Sacred Heart in reparation uh, for so many things. And of course, we'll be praying the prayers for our country and for the protection of our country. Mm-hmm. So we had a very good turnout for the one in September, and this will be October 1st. And then we'll have one Again, in November, right before the election, and they're actually going to do what they call a patriotic rosary, where each Hail Mary, each bead is dedicated, and we're praying for a particular state. So it's beautiful with patriotic music. Beautifully done. Hmm. I've seen the uh, Bishop Sheen rosary that had seven decades on it. Yes. And one for each continent. Oh. That Bishop Sheen kind of introduced, and they're different colors. Okay. Um, it's not this rosary. This is a mm-hmm. this is more limited to this country. But this was a, a right. rosary for the world, and and there were seven oh. decades on it, one decade for each each continent. <clears throat> so, but it's a big rosary. 
Now this <laughs> page, we have a patriotic, um, or what I should say, a military ministry, and it's the um, coupling of a, of a few parishes in in what we call our deanery, and so they all come together and have meetings once in a while, and they sponsor a, a patriotic rosary around Veterans Day mm-hmm. or you know different patriotic holidays, but they actually had rosaries made where there's um, the large cross, but it's in like red, white, and blue with stars on it. You know, it's, yeah. it's a combination mm-hmm. of both. And each bead actually has Alabama, Arkansas, Minnesota, whatever. It's like ins- mm-hmm. in- inscribed on the, mm-hmm. it's a big rosary. But wow. Absolutely beautiful. Speaking of the rosary, uh, there is a, <clears throat> excuse me, millionrosarymarch.com is the website, millionrosarymarch.com, where you can pledge to play, pledge to pray uh, a rosary or multiple rosaries. Right now, there are up to 1,374,800 rosaries have been pledged on this site to pray for our country. So over a million already. Uh, one point, almost 1.4 million. So millionrosarymarch.com, you can go there. And also don't forget the 54-day Rosary Novena is still going on. Don't feel that you didn't start on the 15th of August so you can't participate. Just start and pray Mm -hmm. uh, right through October 7th. And this is uh, at queenofpeacemedia.com. That's their website, queenofpeacemedia.com. And uh, you can find out more about the 54-day Rosary. The Fathers Blount, Father Jim and Father Tony Blount, uh, urgently asking for prayer because they say peace is in jeopardy and this is to stave off, off violence and impending civil unrest. Mm. So, um, Well, didn't the Holy Father also say, please pray a rosary every day? Yeah, you know, sure, sure. Um, and then my sister sent me something, and I can't, it's, it's a, actually a video, on a National Day of Prayer and Fasting on September 24th. National Day of Prayer and Fasting on September 24th, which is, is I don't, I can't pull the video up, but I don't know what day of the, the week that is. 24th is a Thursday. Okay, so we'll keep promoting these things. Who sponsors that, did she I say? I don't know, it's just, yeah. a, it's a, I see the, there's a video, I didn't pull the video up yet, but. Um, day of Fasting and Prayer. Prayer and okay, Fasting, so we'll September be with you. 24th. We'll keep you posted on that as Next well. Next week we'll be with you and we'll have more information on mm-hmm. that. But right now, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, Deacon Anthony Seo was going to join us for his Senior Spirituality segment, friends. So don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here on this September 11th. And we want to welcome to the program now our wonderful friend in his senior spirituality segment from the Diocese of Camden, Deacon Anthony Seo. Deacon, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back, uh, Jim and Cheryl. I hope you guys are doing very well. Yes, we can't complain about a thing. Well, I guess we could, but not really. <laughs> Nothing to complain about. Nah, we're, nah we're life is wonderful. <laughs> I agree 100%. Thanks for having me on today. I really do appreciate it, as always. And always we, a joy to have you. Yes, we appreciate Thank your you. words of wisdom and all is well in your world there in the Camden Diocese. You know what? It is. Um, our schools uh, have gone back into session uh, okay. this week, mm-hmm. and uh, the students are back in. Our bishop, who's just a great guy, Bishop Sullivan, has been visiting the schools and there's right. pictures of him having his temperature taken along with the students as they come in. Oh. So it's uh, it, it, it's good. You know, things, there's, we know it's not normal, but we're starting to see at least a return to some semblance of normal or new yes. normal. Yeah. And um, it's, it's good to see. It yes. really is. Yeah, I feel like we're just on the verge of emerging out of the time warp and, and getting back to life as we knew it. So. I, I agree. You know, one, one of... One of the nice things, <laughs> I say this all the time about being a senior, is you get a chance to do things that, uh, it, you know, in, in a pace that's different, you're able to see things through different eyes. Mm-hmm. I had a great opportunity this week to, to share, if I can share this with you, to kind of see something through the eyes of my grandson. I, uh, I know that I've spoken about him before. His name is Eric, and he is uh, uh, he's five years old. Oh. So um, he started kindergarten, and we we accompanied him along with his parents on the first day of school, my wife and I. And it was just wonderful to see the children just so happy and together and they're wearing their masks and, and, and they're they're doing fine. You know, they're handling things well. And it reminded me of something I hadn't thought about in a long time. Uh, there, there was a book that was written, it's, it's probably 25 years ago or so, maybe even more. It was called All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you remember that book? I do. That does sound familiar, yes. And, and what the author stresses in there is that you know, the, the, the simple, profound things that you learn as a kindergartner are the things that really can become kind of the credo of your life, the, 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 the way you look at things. You don't have to overcomplicate things. And there's a couple of things he says that I'll share, and I'll tell you about one in particular, though. Um, the, the, the things you learn in kindergarten that, that are very important, you know, share everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Play fair. Don't hit people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put things back where you found them. Mm-hmm. Clean up your own mess. I like that one a lot yeah. because we, we find ourselves sometimes cleaning up other people's mm-hmm. messes. <laughs> um, you know, don't take things that aren't yours. Yeah. Say you're sorry when you hurt someone. Wash your hands before you eat. You know, flush the toilet. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's it, it live a balanced life. Mm-hmm. You, know, you work every day a little bit. You play every day a little bit. You sing every day. You yeah. dance every day. You you just do the joyful things. Mm-hmm. And when when I you know when I when I had the chance to go. To, to kindergarten to see my, my grandson go to kindergarten, and I thought about those things. It really made me understand that in many ways that's what God is telling us. He really is telling us that we just need to look at things in a very, very basic light. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a 
there's a simple formula and method to prevent things from, uh, you know, ruining our lives. Mm. Right. And and um, and, and there, there were there were three things in particular that he also said that I just want to share as well because I think they pull a lot of things together. He says, kindergarten teaches us when we go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. Beautiful three things that I think as seniors we can help to just remind other people of those basics. We do have to watch out for each other. Yes. We have to we have to make sure that we stop each other from running out into the traffic of life. Mm. Right? The, those things that can sometimes just totally derail our lives. You know, we need to hold hands. We 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 know that. God is always holding out his hand to us. Um, you know, St. Peter, um, when he lost sight and began to slip into the water, right. Jesus had his hand there right. for him. Um, there, there, there are so many times, I love the, the prodigal son, you know, the, the prodigal son who sees, mm-hmm. he, he comes back and his father sees him from a distance mm-hmm. and reaches out his hand to him and brings him back and forgives him. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, we watch out for each other to avoid the traffic. We hold each other's hands that we keep each other safe. And, we, you know, we stick together and we look at the, the, the wonder and awe that's around us. And I think if we do those things and if we just remind ourselves that you know, it's pretty simple, we can get through a lot of the difficulties in life. As we get older, we start to worry about health issues and other things and um, we, we start to we start to care more and worry more just about things that wouldn't have worried us so much when we were younger. Right. So uh, if we if we keep in mind those lessons that we learned in kindergarten, um, I think it will really help us, and it'll help us to share those, uh, those 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 basic lessons of life with with other people. So that was my chance this week to look at the world through the eyes of a child. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely yes. beautiful. That is. You know, I remember seeing Deacon, uh, it was somewhere on online on Facebook, probably a little, a little, a short little film. And it showed, it said, I think the, th- the caption was, this is how God sees us. And there were adults walking on a, a main street in any given town. And as they passed the windows of stores and they saw their reflection they they saw children, so it's as if mm-hmm. God God yeah. sees us as as His children, innocent children, and and that's the way God. You know, we see ourselves as adults, but but as they passed by each window, they saw themselves, but as a child, as God sees oh. us. Oh, that's oh. beautiful. And you know, just to keep things simple and not overcomplicate things, I think that's when we get ourselves in trouble. We we make a mountain out of a molehill. And uh, I, I love the commandments of the kindergarten class. I, I think it keeps us grounded and it keeps it simple. It, it's beautiful. And I, and I want some of that reflective glass because when I look in that reflection, the hair is gray, the glasses are <laughs> slipping. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I've, I've said this to you folks before, your listeners. I know I've said this before. For people who know me, I'm, I'm five foot two. I'm bald. Um, <laughs> But yet, 
you know, when I look in a mirror, I realize I'm short and I have no hair. But if I'm not looking in the mirror, I actually think I'm like six foot tall and I have a lot of hair. That's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm looking in the right glass. No, no, no you're giving, you're giving the, the beauty of radio is that uh, people create their own image of the voice. And uh, so you just kind of kind of gave it away. But uh, maybe they, they were. They heard that voice and they thought, well, there's a six foot four blonde uh, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Doll. Uh, sorry, sorry to disappoint. Nah, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. And you know, I think too, you, you, we see things through the eyes of a child, and also with the heart of a child, because they can be so joyful about such simple things. Um, I, I was telling somebody the other day. You know, we've had so many months of this outdoor dining. And God has blessed us with some beautiful weather and heading into next week. Now that we're allowed to dine inside, I think people are still going to want to sit outside. I mean, the fresh air. And once uh, I did go to dinner and it was at a place that kind of overlooked the highway. I thought, uh, all right, no big deal. There were some beautiful plants and trees as well. But you could hear the cars going by. And I thought, here I am sitting outside eating next to the highway. But then the sun started going down. And the palette of the sky, every three or four minutes, you would look up and it would be a different shade and different, uh, you know, from oranges to gold to red to blue to purple. It was everything. And one time the waitress came out and there were three or four tables. Of course, we're all like eight feet apart. But uh, the waitress comes out and she goes, wait, everybody, just look. Are you looking at that? And I thought if we were inside, we never would have seen God's creation. So we it can. It is absolutely true. Yeah. So I think with the eyes of a child, they would be so excited that we're outside, look at the sky. Whereas, you know, maybe we would like complain, oh, it's, it might be a little humid or there's a fly. You know what I mean? So to be joyful. Absolutely. To be joyful. And, and, and I really do think that's a great message. And I, I really do think that, you know, again, I, I focus on seniors when I speak, but, but I really speak to everyone. If, if we can just keep ourselves so simple in the way we look at things um, and, and, and try to look at things through the eyes of a child, there is so much joy for us to see just around every corner. You know, to, to be able to see, as you just mentioned, that the, the beauty of God's creation with mm -hmm. awe and wonder, yeah. it's just so fulfilling. It's so heartwarming. It just brings smiles to our faces. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I just love that. Mm -hmm. I really do. And these days, especially, we do need that because of all that's happening in the world between the pandemic and the the social unrest and the mm -hmm. division that exists. And and uh, we just really need to get back to the basics of who we are as children of God and brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we're. we're I, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. You know, especially when we look, you know, to today, mm -hmm. September 11th, and right. you know, we remember that just that that tragedy. Um, and God always has a way of being able to refocus us if, if, if we keep our eyes on him. Mm -hmm. If we look at this Sunday's readings, these Sunday's readings are all about forgiveness. Yes. And, they're, you know, and, and so many of us struggle with forgiveness. It's one of the things we struggle with so much. If, if we, when, when, when our listeners listen to the readings this weekend, you know, we, we have that reading where, where Peter asks our Lord, how many times must I forgive? And Jesus gives him it's not a wishy-washy answer. He, he basically explains to him, you need there's there's no limit 
the number of times that we are to forgive. Mm-hmm. And there's a wonderful story um, that I've re- reread recently. Um, Todd Beamer, who was uh, on Flight 93 mm-hmm. uh, on 9-11, and he was, he was, he was the one who, the, 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 the small group on the plane uh, flying over Pennsylvania, yes. um, you know, rushed the cockpit. They, they knew that they were going to die. And um, there, there's the call that he made during, uh, during the flight uh, where he was talking to the operator, and the, the operator heard him and some other pastors playing, praying the Our Father together. Mm-hmm. Todd Beamer's wife says that she knows in her heart that when he was saying, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us, she knew in her heart that he was forgiving those terrorists who were going to cause his death and the death of other people. Mm. She she knows him. She knew him that well, his wife, that she truly believed that 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 he was giving them forgiveness. Right. Yeah, I you know, I, I listen to a story like that, and I think to myself, we struggle sometimes with forgiving minor things from people. Yes. And yet there are some who have that great courage to forgive in, uh, in, in such larger instances. And, and sometimes I reflect on why is it that people have a hard time forgiving? And I think it's because sometimes we forget that when we forgive, it's not condoning the person's actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can forgive without approving. It's not forgetting because some wounds really are unforgettable. And it's, it's not that we're going to, to say to a person, I forgive you, um, doesn't mean we're pardoning them. It just means that we are not allowing ourselves to be overcome. We're not allowing those things to change our life. It's choosing to give up the hold that another person has over us. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we listen to the gospel this week, and if we listen to the first reading, which starts out with just a line, it's like just very haunting, the first line of Sirach this weekend is, wrath and anger are hateful things, but the sinner hugs them tight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we also learn that we are held accountable for those things that we don't forgive when we don't forgive. So I I, I think that, you know, we look at a tragedy like anything else and we can learn from it. One of the things we hope when we look at this terrible tragedy of 9-11, we look at it and we try to some way let go of the wrath and anger and hateful thoughts that we might have and recognize that God calls us to forgive. And when we say to our Father, and if we say forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, it's kind of being duplicitous if we are not forgiving others. If we're asking for forgiveness, but we're not willing to forgive. Right. right. So we just have to look at those hard facts sometimes. You right. Know? And, and, you know, just as you say, Peter was in the boat and Jesus was holding his hand out yeah. just mm-hmm. as we try to release some of this anger and uh, and forgive people who maybe done us, you know, some sort of indiscretion. And again, it doesn't mean we approve of what they did. But at, at that point, if we can release that anger release the grudge <laughs> that we're holding and forgive them at that point jesus is holding out his hand and he's taking it i have it now don't let it ruin your life don't let it be a shadow forgive and then give it to me and then he'll work his 
whatever needs to be done with that person who maybe did some wrong. You know, it's it's in his court now. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, it's true. We're, we're putting we're putting the weight on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know the the the, the yoke. We're, we're putting the weight weight on his yoke, and and that, and that's what our Lord wants from us. He wants us to be able to to have that weight lifted off of us. He's mm-hmm. there to reach out to lift that off. And, and I'm, it's hard to to remember that sometimes because anger and resentment can just be so consuming. But you're right. His his hand is out there, and this is we talk about with children with kindergarten. Hold each other's hands. Right. Okay? Right. That's right. what we need to do. To hold each other's hands. We need to watch out for each other. We need to to make sure we stick together. And sometimes that means just. Uh, give, giving that weight over to Jesus so that we can actually be more childlike again in the way we look at the wonder and awe in the world. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Well, Deacon, thank you as always for being a part of our program and uh, beautiful words today to remember, as we, especially as we enter into this weekend and reflect on the Sunday readings. So, so thank, thank you for that, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. It is always my pleasure. I thank you again so much for having me. God bless you and the listeners, and uh, can't wait to be with you again. Wonderful. Thank Thank you you so much. God bless you. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more Don't Go Away. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I had experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. The Gospels did not start the Church. The Church started the Gospels. The Church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the Church. The Church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the Church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the gospel said there was a resurrection. The gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner, the church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it. And they set it down in the gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back. Uh, A few minutes left here before we have to head on out. Thanks to all of our guests today, Jim Wahlberg. And again, that book is uh, called The Big Hustle. It's published by our Sunday visitor, osv.com. Uh, you can check that out. And also thanks to Deacon Anthony Co for joining us. Always has wonderful words in his senior spirituality segment. Mm-hmm. And not just for seniors, for everyone. That's right. And Even of, kindergartners. And, of course, Jim Hoffman, our chief meteorologist here at Domestic Church Media. So. Bringing us great weather these days. Yeah. You, know, I had, you know, I had my molar removed. 
Oh, that's right. You had a visit with the dentist. And he put in stitches, two stitches. Really? But they're this, this dissolving stitches, he said. Right. right? You don't feel them. How long so, does it take for them to dissolve? You know? Did you used to work for Ethicon? Or you should know these things. I should know. That was a long time ago. Dissolvable. Do they make dissolvable uh, stitches then? They did. But, I mean, they still have to stay there and do their job. You know, it's not going to be 24 or 48 hours, but you just went on Wednesday, right? Yeah, but it's, I can feel it's healed. <laughs> no, well, there. you're like Mr. Um, yeah, magical healed. Health, mm-hmm. the poster child of <laughs> yeah. all things healthy. Yeah, that's me. Cholesterol and all that other stuff. Yeah, I baffle my physicians. Yeah, just he- they don't know. They, they look at me and say, "How could you be so healthy?" I thought there was nothing left to that little tooth, but they did. You know, it was my favorite tooth. It was my first root canal in 1975. I went, I'll never forget. I was in college, and I had this horrible ache, and I went to the dentist. And I had to have, but in those days, root canal. You know, root canal was like Ooh. a three session process. That's right. They'd get in there, they dig in, and then they put a drain in it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was just a horrible process, but it was my favorite tooth. And every dentist I've gone to over the past 20 years, oh, that tooth has to come out. I said, but it's it's fine. It's, it's, it's not bothering me. And there was just, there wasn't much, He, uh, our doctor, our dentist, uh, Dr. Fiorentini, uh, put a, before we went to one of our pilgrimages, I think 2013, kind of really built it up because I was afraid it was, something was going to happen to it in, in Italy. I said, well, all right, let me just put something on it now. And that's been there. It just... And then it finally, it it came out a, he too a couple weeks ago. He wanted to pull it. First time he saw me, this has got to come out. I said, it's not bothering me. It's my favorite tooth. <laughs> but finally. But the thing is, the fill, the filling came out, and 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 I said, okay, you can have your way with me. And um, <laughs> but it, it was in there solid, rock solid. Wow. Yeah, that's the horrible thing because they put you. You have the Novocaine, and you you can you can feel you the. Kind of you're going to feel a little pushing here. Oh. Oh, you know what they're doing. That's the thing. If you imagine what they're doing, yeah, it's mind over matter. And he and the nurse are talk, or the assistant are talking back and forth about you know all kinds of crazy stuff, like <laughs> just life in general. While he's digging into my mouth. Anyway, it feels fine now. Well, that's a good thing. It was my favorite molar though. It's gone. But they have big, deep roots, you know, the molars. Do they? Well, not anymore. <laughs> Actually, he did. He, they they do want to put an implant in there. Mm. Because it is a very necessary tooth. <laughs> if you want to chew, unless you want to eat soup the rest That's of your right. life, soup and smoothies. So he, whatever that process is, he started something that way. He did that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just old. Getting old is not fun. I remember my father saying that. You know, if your teeth start falling out. I start. <laughs> I well, know. your teeth aren't falling out. Yet. No, no, no. But it was you know when, when they when they start yanking out molars, you know you're in bad shape. <laughs> yeah. That's, not going to be a lot of steak in Ah, uh, but we get our teeth back in heaven. That's right. That's Full right. Full set. That's bright, right. White, shiny. Stay in there, bright, shiny. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks uh, for being with us today. And um, I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing. Uh, and uh, no, not this. For, yeah, this isn't one of Bruce's Monday, so. No, not yet. Okay, so enjoy your weekend. Happy birthday to Cheryl. You can wish her a happy birthday. Cheryl at DomesticChurchMedia.org. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week. There's going to be a, a nip of fall in the air. Maybe we'll have a little fire pit one night. Yes. All righty. God bless you. Bye.